I heard this funny quote the other day that said that on the internet you can choose to be anything you want to be, but why do so many choose to be stupid? <laughs> okay, and uh, you know, but I think I think there's something is very important we understand as Christians that uh, we, we 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 don't have a fight against the Muslims. Okay, uh, that's not why we are here. Uh, our job is not to tell every Muslim believer that we are serving the wrong God. Okay, our job is to be a light in this world. Amen. And uh, you know, our job is not to tell the homosexuals that what we are doing is wrong. Our light is to give them solutions. Okay. We, no, no, not none of us needs to be anointed to tell anyone what is wrong with them. We, we don't need Jesus to anoint us for that. Have you noticed that? You don't need to be anointed to lose your temper. Have you noticed? We can do that without the help of Jesus. Okay? And, and I think that one of the, one of the things that, that, that dawned on me lately is that uh, a lot of what we've been used to think is to preach the gospel is actually not what the Bible teaches. No, I use. I grew up believing that, you know, when, when repentance was that you're standing on a street corner screaming and shouting at people, and if they don't turn around now from their sin, they're going to burn in hell. I thought that was preaching repentance. Okay, no, that was preaching flesh, because anyone can stand on a street corner being angry at someone. Okay, and uh, but the, the kingdom of God is something different. Okay. In Second Corinthians, it talks about that we have a calling to reconcile the world to God. Okay, our message is not to tell everyone what they do wrong, because anyone can do that. Uh, Jesus didn't come to tell what everyone was doing was wrong. Do you know that the only people Jesus rebuked was the religious people? You know what we call the church. Today, those who spent their life studying the, the Torah, because they were the ones he rebuked. He, no, Jesus, he did, never rebuked the woman who was caught in adultery. Okay, the woman didn't. He, he didn't uh, accuse the leper, the blind, and so on and so forth. With, with these kind of people, Jesus always brought. Solutions, and have you noticed? It's far harder to find a solution than it is to point out what is wrong. Why? Because of solutions comes from the presence of God. Okay, you know it's easy to. You know, many people say oh, that person got ill. Oh, that's because of this. No, you don't know. But it doesn't really matter why it came. What matters is how do we get rid of it. Amen. And it's very important we understand that we, as the church, there was this uh, conservative politician many years ago when I came to England. What is this? Now he's an old man. John Whitwood, I think his name is. That was when he was young. Okay. He said that uh, the church was supposed to be the, the consciousness of the society. And at the time of our, that sounds really good. No, we are not supposed to be the consciousness of society. We're supposed to be the light of the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, I believe deep down in our hearts, each one of us knows what is right and wrong.
okay? Each one of us knows what is right and wrong. You know, no one, you know, if, if, you, if you steal something, you know it's wrong. You don't. Okay? You know, no one needs to tell you that it's wrong to steal. No one needs to tell us that it's wrong to lie. And so on and so forth. Okay? But what, what, what people need is that they need to see there is a way out of where they are. Not just to be told that you are, what you, where you are is wrong. Yes, they know that already. You don't need to tell the drug addict that they are in trouble. Amen? You, you know, okay, maybe because while he's high, he thinks everything is great, but deep down, he knows he's not where he's supposed to be. And the reason why many of them they carry on is because no one gives them hope. What, what, do you, why, why should a Muslim, let's say, a Muslim convert to Christianity that all Christianity you heard of is that Islam is the worst thing in the world, it's a curse, and we are here to fight Islam. We're not here to fight Islam. As, as, you know, as I said to a pastor the other day, Islam is not a powerful religion. The reason for why Islam is powerful is because it's a weak church. Okay? You know, but a lie is only powerful until the truth is revealed. Amen? You know, you can believe the world is flat, but it's round. Oh, I'm, she got surprised there. <laughs> Okay, no, but you understand that the, the, the important, we have spent a lot of time in the church, like we are going to fight on behalf of God. Or me and God, we are going to, and, 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 and that's not what we, he intended us to do. He intends us to go out with the same message as Jesus did. What was the message of Jesus? That God is not angry. Amen. Do you know, deep down in, our, in, in many of us, there's still this thing where, we are, we, 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 we are a bit worried about, is God pleased with me? Okay? It, it's, it's deep down inside of each one of us that, that when we really come to in a pressurized situation, it's easy to feel, is God really happy? Because we have never met unconditional love while we were in the world. Okay? Therefore, it's so important we renew our mind so we don't take our definition of love from the world with us into the kingdom of God. Because we never met anyone who loves us unconditionally. Even the, the most loving parents cannot love you as God can love you. Do you understand? And, 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 and it's not helped. A lot of preachers who think they're preachers of righteousness, and they, they say that when you have to preach, you do this and you do this. A righteousness is not an action. Righteousness is a gift. Amen? You know, as I said, I don't become a Filipino because I eat rice. Amen? <laughs> it's like the same thing. I don't become... Uh, well, what, what, what can I say? A tiger woods because I, I have a golf club in my hand. Do you, do you understand? You know, righteousness, many people, they have, religion have taught us that righteousness is an action. No, the Bible says it's a free gift. Righteousness means now there's nothing that holds, that stands between you and God. Okay, so why does his body keep telling him, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that? That's because we're not... Do you know what I found in my life? 
And in, in many others' life, now I'm an old man, so now I know, I, I can now say, yeah, I've seen that over the years, so, okay? But I've seen that those people who spend their time telling other people, oh, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. Do you know what, what, what they're doing? They are projecting. Because it's really what God tells them. But they should stop doing it. Not for them to tell everyone else to stop it. Okay? But they don't see it. I had my first, pa no, my first pastor in England, he had one subject he preached about against this and against this and against this and against this and against this. And, against this. and you know, the man had a huge problem in that area. Okay? And, 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 and I didn't realize it at the time, but the thing is that, you know, have you noticed we, we can very often be harder on people who have the same weakness as we have ourselves. So when we see that weakness in other people, we can very often become harder because that makes us feel better. Okay? But the thing is that we are not called to point the finger at things. We are, we, we, we are, come to, uh, we, we are called to point the finger towards Jesus, meaning showing the way. Amen. Reconcile people. So that, so that person who is in sin, okay, it's not to say to that person, oh, yeah, really terrible, really terrible, you ending up in hell if you carry on like this. You know, that's, not, that's no hope. You, that person needs to know that Jesus has paid for that sin. And if you will turn to him, you don't need to carry the consequence. Do you know repentance basically meaning Greek? Repentance basically means change your mind. Have a new thought. Repentance is not that when you see in a Hollywood movie where they're crying and you have and the Catholics they have to uh, whip themselves and do all sorts of crazy things. No, repentance is basically you change your mind. Change your mind about what? That God is not against you. Do you understand? God is not against you. That's, you know, that's why if you, if you listen to people praying, very often their prayer sounds like that they're not sure that God is for them. So most of, the, most of their prayer is trying like an, a lawyer trying to convince God that you need to bless me because I did this. And you know, I, and you know I was with a pastor last week and he preached the whole gospel before we got to pray. No, it was like lawyer building his case for why he could pray to God. No, no, you can come freely before the throne of grace. The mercy seat is an open door. Why? Because of Jesus. Okay? Because of Jesus. You know, when I was in Norway uh, last Easter, I think, and, and I was supposed to, there was supposed to be a revival service or whatever, whatever they're calling it, you know, I... Anyway, but the first night, the, the Holy Spirit said to me, don't minister to anyone. Just preach about that God, no, that, God, that you don't need to feel ashamed in front of God. And so many people came forward, and then the next day, that was where the healings, they broke through. Do you know what? It was not because I was specially anointed. It was because now people realize God is not my enemy. Do you know most people, they think, even in churches, because that's what they've been preached to them, that God is my enemy. Or God is my obstacle. And it's very, it, it sits in, in unconsciously in us because that's what we heard so many times. 
No, how does it come out? You say, oh, I want to please God. You're already pleasing God. Not because of what you do, but because of who you are. That's your starting point. Your starting point is not that I need to pray five hours a day so I please God. No, you, your starting point is that I'm all, he's already pleased with me. And therefore, when I see that, then I want to be X amount of hours in his presence. That's the motivation. I don't read the Bible to, to, to please God. I read the Bible because I have seen who he is. I remember when I met, the first time I ever heard a real Bible teacher, it was really, it blew my mind away. And, uh, and I remember my prayer when I came home, I said, Jesus, please don't come back before I read the Bible. Okay? No one ever told me, because that man, he could just open, open the Bible. I, was, I never heard anyone. Because my first pastor, my very, very first pastor, he was just waiting to go on to retirement. He was so really old. He, he just opened the Bible, hallelujah, amen, and then it was closed. So when I got to a, to a, a, a Bible teacher, I was really, wow. So I said to Jesus, don't come back before I read the Bible. Amen? And, and, and it's so important you and I, we understand that you are loved. And many of us, we have to change the way we represent the gospel. Because unconsciously, we can very often be accusing. Jesus didn't never accuse the sinner. The woman who was caught in adultery, what did he say? I don't condemn you. Okay? I don't condemn you. Actually, as you heard me say before, it's not my sermon, okay? But he, you know, he sits on the ground, and then before he speaks to her, he stands up. Because he wants to honor her. Do you know that everyone that, you know, that, that came in contact with Jesus, they felt honored. Zacchaeus, remember Zacchaeus? Mm-hmm. You know, I was always taught Zacchaeus was small. Until I realized he was rich, then I forgot he was small. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No. But one of the, and I think there's a symbolic image here that when, when Zacchaeus, he crawls up into the tree and when Jesus, he looks up to speak to him. Now think about, this is a tax collector. You know, now you have to understand, it's not like the Inland Revenue in England. You know, the way it worked with tax collectors, no, he was a Jew, okay? Working for the Romans. Okay, I don't know how. The, I know. I know what happened to the Danes who cooperated with the Nazis during the occupation in Denmark after the war ended. I don't know how the Filipino treated those who worked with the Japanese. You know, so so you can. It's in this image you have to see Zacchaeus. Okay, and but there's another thing about it is that. The way the Romans worked was that, like, for example, if you were the governor of uh, Roman governor of Israel, or what we called it at that time, it was it was more like a retirement post. So they could go. They would say, "You you are the governor of Israel, but you just have to send this amount of taxes back to Rome. If you collect more, that's no that's not our problem. That's your pension." Okay, and that way the whole system worked. So we say, so so that government would say to the tax collectors, like to Zacchaeus and Matthew, say to them, you know, I just need this percentage. If you take extra, 
you can keep it. Can you imagine that power? And no one liked him. So he might as well, if no one likes me, I might as well overcharge. Do you understand? And, but if you notice, Jesus never came to him. Zacchaeus, what you're doing is wrong. What did he do? Zacchaeus, today I will come and eat at your house. Can you imagine that? You know, it's easy for us to read it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a storyline, but if you understand the, 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 the environment, the, the, this is someone who works with the enemy. Not only works with the enemy, he used the enemy to take advantage of us. And Jesus, Jesus, he says, I'm coming to eat at your house. That dinner is paid by my tax money. No, no, did Okay. <laughs> but you understand? He, Jesus, he did not. You no, know, it would have been easy for Jesus if he's, if it had been a modern day preacher. So, Kels, repent or you fall down from the tree and break your neck. Don't you know what you're doing is wrong? You're stealing. Okay. He didn't do that. What he did was, he treated him as a human being. He didn't treat him as a tax collector. He didn't treat him as a thief. He treated him as a human being. He didn't treat him as an enemy. He treated him as a friend. And when, when Zacchaeus came into the fellowship of Jesus, seeing who he was, what happened? Zacchaeus said, if I cheated anyone, I'll pay double. Okay? I will pay it all back. No one told him to do it. So what, what, what happens? The goodness of God makes us repent. Now, he did the right thing out of the heart. Many people I've seen, they do the right thing because they are enforced to do it. Now, I'm obedient. What they mean by, if I don't do what God tells me, I'm going to be slapped by God and he's more powerful than me. So I will obey because he's more powerful. It's not because I want to do it, but because he said I should do it and he will slap me if I don't, I will do it. That's not the kind of obedience God wants. But that's the kind of obedience that is very often taught. Okay? So, but Zacchaeus, when he was in the presence of God, he suddenly was someone who treated him as a human being. He changed. He saw there's a way out. Now, he was not rejected. Okay? I remember, I was a preacher in, uh, American preacher in Amsterdam, and the way, it was a bit funny, this is how culture is very different. Okay? So, because he's done the same thing in America, so the way he, he made outreaches, he got his team to carry him in a coffin into the city square. Because he, he done it in America, it was a big success in America. And when he came out of the coffin, and the Americans, they ran to the coffin and hear what happened, what happened? So he, when he moved to Amsterdam, he wanted to do the same thing. When he came out of the coffin, everyone ran away. <laughs> okay, everyone got scared. But he, a lot of his time in ministry in Amsterdam was that he, he spent most of his money going and buying all these prostitutes. Not to use them, but to speak to them. 
just to treat them as people. Okay? And I think that we, 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 as, a, we as a body of Christ, we, you know, the, the Holy Spirit said to me, what is it, two days ago, he said, there is a lot of self-righteousness in the church, but not a lot of love. Okay? And it's very important, you know, like, I, I came to the point that my job is not to tell you what you're doing is wrong. If you can't see it, there's no point in me telling you. Okay? <laughs> you know, if you can't see what you're doing is wrong, there's no point in me telling you. It's not going to change anything. Apart from you getting angry at me, and then you're still going ahead to doing it. Okay? But the thing is that Jesus, he, he, he didn't do that. You know, with the, with, uh, one of the first healings he did, what was that? He healed, healed the leper. And that was a big, big, big thing. Because of, up until that time, everyone believed that if you have leprosy, you have been punished by God. Now you can see, just by that, that kind of phrase, that God had punished you, that shows how they saw God. Okay? Now, and I believe many Christians, they see God the same way. Okay? Have you ever done something you shouldn't do, and then it goes wrong, and then the devil comes and tells you, yeah, yeah, but that's your own fault, I can understand why it happened. No, but you have to understand, that's not God. You know, God doesn't give you what you deserve. Okay? God does not give you what you deserve. He gives you grace. He gives you mercy. He gives you hope. He gives you a new chance. Do you understand? But because the body of Christ have not preached that message, because of, oh, if you are a Christian, you should stop doing this. Don't watch that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And I'm telling you, I had a, when I grew up, it was very, it came like every five years. It was very common. But, oh, someone said to someone, oh, God told me that I shouldn't watch TV. So I threw out my TV. You should throw out the TV too. You. And so everyone threw out the TV. And then six months later, they all have to borrow money to get a new TV. And then a few years later, the same thing happened. Oh, God told me that we shouldn't watch TV. No, the thing was that that guy shouldn't watch TV. Because all he did was spending his time watching TV. Do you understand? When God tells you to do something, don't take that thing and put it on everyone else. Do you understand? You know, it happened. It was terrible when, that, uh, when Kenneth Copeland, he, he got, he, God spoke to him and said to him, don't take any debt. And when, he, when people made it into become like a worldwide global doctrine, don't have any debt. Now, of course, we know it's not nice to have debt, but it, it, it became so stupid that people they were renting houses and, so, uh, and didn't own anything and just threw the money out of the window because they couldn't get any debt. Okay? That is, no, God said to Kenneth Copeland, okay, because the man was in a million dollars of debt when he got saved, and that was in the 1950s. Okay, I don't know what a, what a million dollars was in 90, but I know it's a lot of money. Okay? So, 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 so back to this thing that I think it's Zechariah. 
you know, what we call the small prophets. Have you, you know, the small prophets in the Old Testament? It's not because they're small, it's just because the books are small. We call them the small prophets. <coughs> Many of those prophets, they were raised up during the restoration of the temple. When the Israelites, when the Jewish people, they came back from Babylon. And, uh, you know, you can read about that in Ezra and Nehemiah. And when they start building, rebuilding the temple. And when people, they start getting discouraged during the process. And when God sent prophets, and when Zechariah, he, you know, I preached about that verse many times, about where, who are you, your great mountain? And when he says, you know, say, grace, grace. And it shall become plain. Now you have to understand, you don't need to say grace, grace. Because that doesn't make any sense. You know, it's not like, um, it's not like a formula. Like, uh, like what we say, magicians or something like No, okay? But grace, grace is that, you know, when, when the Bible mentions something twice, you have to understand it's very important. Okay? It's like when he says, Samuel, Samuel. Now you have to pay attention. It's like when your parents call you by your last name too. When you know you're in trouble. Amen? So that's... But the problem is if your children have six names. Now, you know, Matthew got four or five or something. So now, Matthew, you lost, you lost your anger before you come to the end. Or you've forgotten what you were angry about. Anyway, but... Grace, grace, when you say grace, when you face that obstacle, and that's the message we have. When you, you have to remind yourself, speak to that place, that Jesus has already dealt with it. Amen? Jesus has already dealt with it. And that leads me to another thing. Now, you have, have you ever heard the phrase that the Bible is full of promises? There's so many promises in the Bible. The, the problem with that is the word promise. Because in our culture with language, when I promise you something, that means I haven't done it. Isn't it? I, I, I promise I will do it. Or If I promise you something that I did four years ago for you, that's not a promise. In what we understand as a promise. Promise is something that is out in the future. So when we say, for example, that the Bible is full of promises. There are promises in the Bible, but many of the things that we think is promises are not promises. Healing is not a promise. It's a truth. That's fact. Do you understand? Healing is not a promise. Because if it was a promise, it's not happened yet. Do you understand? If, when did you get healed? 2,000 years ago. When? What, what time? I can tell you exactly the time when you got healed. The moment Jesus said, it is finished. Okay? Let, let me read that verse. 1 Peter 2, 4. I quote it so many times, but I, I never get around to reading it. And 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins. Now, you are allowed to write in your Bible... My sin. Okay? Now, what, do you know what I like here? It says sins. 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 Amen. Not just the one. Okay, you see some of you say, oh, I only need the one. 
I'm perfect now. No, anything you do wrong, okay? Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Amen. Healed. Notice it says past tense. Past tense. Do you, I don't know. Do you, if you, do, have your employee, uh, employer ever said to you, I promise you that I paid you last, I will pay you last year. Okay? You, you don't need to believe God for something that has already happened. What do you need to do? You take it. How do you take it? You trust Him, you see it, and you're acting on it. You have been healed. You have been healed. Healing is not a promise. It's a truth. It's established. That's it. So, but, but why haven't I not seen it? Because no one tells you. Oh, healing is done away with. How can healing be done away with if it's already established? Like, like my first pastor's obvious prosperity teaching, it doesn't work. I said, it's too late. I always see it happen. God provides them. It's too late. No, 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 no. No, it's too late to say that. Do you know what? It's too late for, for religion, for the devil, for the world to tell you that healing is over with. Because it's already happened. The Bible says, if you believe that you receive, you shall receive. But our faith is not, but many of us, when we talk about believing, it's like wishing. You know, like when I ask many people, because of, so does, uh, do you, do they believe in healing or something like that? Yeah, yeah they believe in healing. But, they, but many of times when I dig into it, it's not believing, it's not faith. It's wishing. And wishing is a good beginning, but it's not faith. Do you understand? Because we're still working from the concept of that healing is in the future. Faith is to see it's established. Amen. Do you understand? It, it, it would be like, now, now we don't get bank statements in paper anymore, but it would be like you see your, your what is it called? The, the, how much money you have in your account. And when you start praying, believing for that money you have in your account, you don't need to do that anymore. Now you just need to go out and act on it. How do you act on it? You use your debit card. Have you noticed that, that comes natural? No. Have, have, you ever, have anyone ever told you how to use your debit card? No one ever needs to tell you. It comes natural. I find it funny these some people. Have you ever stood, stood behind someone? They think, it's like when... It's like if they got me. I actually thought about, you know, I was told once that the, the dirtiest place around us is the petrol station when you fill up the tank. I actually think the debit card is the dirtiest place. You don't know all these fingers where they have been before you. Oh, shall I buy it? Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, you're all, you're all using contactless now. 
Okay. But it's established. It is yours. So what's the debit card, so to speak, in heaven? You know, Jesus gave you his name. That's your connection to the covenant promises. That's the connection. So now, in your name, Jesus, I'm going to act it out. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm saved in the name of Jesus. I met people say, oh, do you think Jesus will forgive me? He's already done it. Does that mean everyone gets forgiven or receive it? No, because you have to act on it. Okay? It's like every, for, as, far, as far as God is concerned, the whole world's salvation is settled. But does that mean everyone goes to heaven? No. It means that whoever calls upon what is already there. But many people, when they have problems, they don't want to God because they think God punishing them. And that's our message, not to say God is not punishing you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how you got into it. But if you want to Jesus, he can turn it around. Okay? It's very important we understand this because many people have this misunderstanding of that preaching the gospel is to tell everyone what is wrong. You know, but I see Christians, especially men now, I see we're Muslims and they get involved in politics and all these things. No, my job is to show them Jesus. Okay, I can argue with a Muslim and I can maybe even win the argument, but what does that change? He will go home and be a Muslim still. But if he meets Jesus, or the Hindu, or a Buddhist, or whatever it may be, if they meet Jesus, not, not Jesus the idea, not Jesus with philosophy, but Jesus the living God, who lives and is not dead. If they meet Jesus, but we have made Jesus into that he is a he, 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 he is like a, a doctrine or philosophy that I just need to agree with. No, Jesus is someone you need to meet. Do you understand? He, you need to meet him. Once you, if, you, if you don't meet Jesus, I'm telling you, everything you read in the word of God, you will get it wrong. Okay? You will get it completely wrong because you have to read the Bible through the eyes of Jesus. So, yeah, but you, you might be agreeing with the Bible, yeah, but you, can, you will still not get out of what it says. Because you have to read it through the eyes of Jesus. If you don't know him, you can get all sorts of things out of the Bible, which people have done. No, slavery was justified by the Bible. Do you know that? I know there, there are still teachings around that they say that, that the, the mark that God put on, on Cain was the Africans. Okay, that has been preached far and wide, and so on and so forth. No, but how do we come to conclusions like that? Because we never met Jesus. We never met Jesus. And that's what is so important that you... So now, so, so the next thing, so why have we not met him? Because you and I, we maybe have fallen short. Why did we fall short? Because we ourselves had not heard and experienced the unconditional love. And we can only give what we have received ourselves. And therefore it has been so important that the body of Christ knows there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
Okay? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning, God is not my enemy. Okay? God is not my enemy. You know, as you look 15 about the prodigal son, I believe that that actually illustrates the heart of God. No, no, you could not have gone further away as the prodigal son as when he came back. He ate like a pig, he smelled like a pig, and he wasted everything. But you know, when he came back, the father, he didn't, he, he, he ran towards him to embrace him. What is that when he ran to, that's, that's an image of God sending Jesus to the world. He, he got, he, the father ran towards him. Do you understand? He didn't say, you smell. He didn't say, you need to shower first. Do you know what? He embraced him. I don't think he even could smell it. Why? Because he didn't look at him that way. He just looked at him, this is mine. Do you know what? God looks at each one of us the same way. And that's, that's the message we need to share. It's not the message of all the other things about God. Wants to, God has, you know, some of the subjects might be very interesting, but it's not the subject we need to share. And it's not the way you get people to be transformed. You know, because many of times when people try to change people, it's purely by willpower. And willpower don't last very long. Have you noticed? Tomorrow I'm on diet. And it lasts, if you last until 11 o'clock in the morning, you really done well. Amen? Yes. Said, and then you say again, tomorrow I'm going on diet. Okay? Do you understand? Willpower, we have all tried to change ourselves through willpower. It does not work. We all try to pull ourselves together to become different. It does not work. But you know, when you meet Jesus and he reveals himself, transformation comes all by itself. That's why you need to focus upon Jesus, okay? That's why we need to focus upon Him, not upon all the other things. I believe that a lot of the preaching I heard is a result of a church that still feels condemned. Okay? How do I say that? Because the message we are sending out is condemnation. Maybe not in direct way, but if you look at it, listen to what they're saying, it's still righteousness by action. Okay? It's still righteousness by action. But there, righteousness is a gift. You can read about that in Romans. Okay? But anyway, I watched something the other day. You know, I like watching Danish television because just to keep up with my Danish language. And when I saw now this, this guy, this Danish guy who's in this Game of Thrones, so. He's married to a woman from Greenland, and so he made this documentary, him traveling around Greenland. And when he made a, a man who made sculptures in stone, okay, and uh, uh, he, he, that was just this brick of the stone, okay. And then this guy said, you know, <laughs> here is a stone, and I can see, I can only see a stone. 
But that, that guy who could make figures in his store, he could see the figure. Yes, thank you. And, and then I remember something. I made a Danish, I have a friend in Denmark many, many years ago. And he, because I, I always been fascinated about people who can do things like that. Uh, how do they do it? Like, we know how to do the right there and right there. And then I remember, I've completely forgotten it for so many years, and then I remember what he said to me is that before he starts working, he already sees the sculpture in the stone. And it's that image he works for. Amen? Amen. Do you know what? That's how God sees you. You know, he's not asking you to change because you are imperfect. He's he asking you to start doing this, stop doing that sometimes because of you are perfect. Amen? Amen? So it might be a bit harsh sometimes when he cuts a big piece of... Ah! Okay? But he... You know what? If God never corrects you, you should be worried. Do you understand? If everything that God tells you is just, oh, I love you, I love you, you're amazing, you're wonderful, oh, come to daddy, (laughs) have another biscuit, have another cake. No, no, like, love is also a part of developing. Do you understand? Do you know what? It's wonderful to have your children at home. But but then again, you don't want your children at home when they're adults. Can you imagine you have a son living at home who's 40 years old? Oh, mama's boy. Why does mama's boy not got married? Because you are mama. <laughs> have you noticed that Isaac, he only got married, I think, after Sarah passed on. Why? Because Sarah, mama's boy. Mama's boy, stay close to, to mama. You never know what's this, what daddy of yours, what he hears from God. He might take you on another mountain trip. <laughs> can, you imagine, can, can you imagine Isaac? When we finally come back, I mean, a few weeks later, Abraham said, Isaac, shall we go for a walk? No. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm staying home with mama. Can, can you imagine that? No, he was not a young man. He was 30 plus. How do I know that? You start calculating the ages, how old Abraham was. And you know, we got, he got Isaac when he was 100. Okay. Can you imagine? I, I would not be, a, I would have been, I've been, I mean, if I'm Isaac, I would say, Mama, I do not want, don't leave me alone with this man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, this time God, I got God, God intervened, but I might not be like that next time. Okay. No, but but uh, but God sees everything from the begin, from the end. And now there's a there's a key here we need to remember. One of the things the Holy Spirit said to me for a while ago, He said that you're praying too quickly. Okay, you're praying too quickly, and what he meant by that was that, you know, when you face a thing, what is the first thing? Oh Jesus, because that's what we learned to do, and and that's what God said to me. You're praying too quickly. Do you know? 
This is a phrase I've not heard for a long, long time, but it just came back to me. But faith starts where the will of God is known. Amen. Okay? Now, when I say know, when you know that you know that you know. Not just, you can know something and then someone can be taken away very quickly. But when you are established. So when, for example, what, what the Holy Spirit said to me that, that I pray too quickly. We, we don't pray for an answer. We pray from the answer. Where is the answer? In the word of God. So for example, with healing. So we don't pray for healing. Because that means we don't have it. So what? So when, if I need healing manifest in my body, what do I do? First, I go to the word of God. No, that's not what we do. First, we go to Google. <laughs> so, I'm telling you, when you get to heaven, the, the most worn out person in heaven is Google. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's that tired person? Oh, that's Google. Oh, oh he's so tired. You all used him. <laughs> okay. No, you're very, very privileged today when you have that. You know, like, have you ever, you know, I, I don't know. When, 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 I became, when I started in the ministry, we didn't have these things. I'm telling you, I'm sure I, can, no, I can't even show you these dictionaries because of they're so heavy. I know, like. Uh, if you ever see Matthew, Matthew Henry's uh, Concordance Dictionary, it's like, a, you know, you can build a house on that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, it's just, have some of you seen this Dakes Bible? Uh, it's a horrible thing in paper. You, you know, the letters are so small, so much information. Now I got it on a computer and I can just Google it or find it like this. Do you understand? Now, so, so when, for example, with healing, so the first thing you go and do is not to say, oh, Jesus. No, no you, first thing you go, you have the word of God. Okay? And when you find what the Bible say about healing. Okay? And when you see, you come to 1 Peter 2, 24, as I've shown you, and you come through the Gospels, that Jesus, he heals everyone who came to him. You see in the book of Acts, when Peter and John comes out of the temple, and the paralyzed man, he jumps up, and, and so on and so forth. And now, these scriptures, they become your foundation for your faith. So now when you realize that I don't need to pray for it, I already got it. Now I can say in the name of Jesus, I am healed. If I was, I am. Do you understand that? That's how we should pray. That's how, but many of us, we pray, we, we praying... God, heal me. What we are doing is we are praying our lack of knowledge. Okay? And the Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah, but I've always been taught like that. Yeah, but maybe that's why you've never seen it. Okay? As I say, I can't keep, uh, I can't keep uh, quoting Einstein enough about that insanity is, but keep doing the same thing and expecting a new result. Amen? So we, so we, start, we start with the will of God. How, how do you, the world have found out the system? How do you apply for a mortgage? 
you find out how much you can borrow first, isn't it? Yes. And when you apply, we understand it in this way. You don't go down to, oh, I would like a mortgage, how much? Uh, five billion. <laughs> you know, what do we do? We check first. We know the rules, uh, something with X amount of percentage of your salary and so on. And then we check it. And then we make our application based on that information. Amen? The same thing with the Word of God. We, that's why even the, the devil wants you away from the Word of God. Why? Because if you don't have the Word of God... You have no, it's difficult for you to know what the will of God is. That what you think is the will of God can be a mixture of culture, experiences, what other people have told you, and so on and so forth. Okay? But when you find out, no, by his stripes I have been healed. When I, when I, when I meditate and start reading Philippians 4.19, put it on your fridge. Philippians 4.19. That's the place you see the most. Amen? I put it inside the fridge. <laughs> because when you see it, when you come at night time too. <laughs> Do you know that's why there's a light in it? Do you know? <laughs> so that you can eat at night time. I always wonder, why, why do we need a light in there? We don't need a you, No, no, so you can eat at night time too. So you put it inside the fridge. Or you could put a sign in and say, you again. <laughs> Maybe you should put a webcam more inside. <laughs> Not like you know, you, can, you could probably do that. So when you can, someone old. Uh, uh. No, anyway. So so this is how we start praying. We pray knowing the will of God. How did we get saved? We got saved, but someone told us what the will of God was for us. But he, Jesus, have died for our sins, rose for our righteousness' sake. Now, because of that information, because of that truth, what do we do? We pray the prayer of salvation. And that's where he starts. But many times, people, they, 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 because the devil have, been managed, have managed to keep people away from the word of God, so, so it's very easy for the devil to sway us away. Say, are you sure God said that? Uh, where does God say that? And we, we start doubting. Maybe, and when 10,000 experiences comes up with other people in the same situation who, where it didn't work, and now we're not sure anymore. And now that means we have no foundation. And now we have no faith. We have wish, we have hope, but wish and hope will not get you what you need. It's no good for you go down in the shop and you have done all your shopping, you come to the till and say, oh, I, I don't know where my car, I, I don't have my card with me. I know where it is, I think. It's in the drawer at home. That woman at the till or that man at the till couldn't care less where it is. But you are not leaving that place with that till. Uh, and, and, and don't start quoting, I can do all things for Christ Jesus. <laughs> Elijah, he could run 120 miles in a quick, I can do that too. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. Okay? That's why we need to know the Word of God. Amen? That's why the Word of God is so important. Faith starts where the will of God is known. 
Now, Dodie Austin, who's over 80 years old now, you know, imagine in the 1970s getting a diagnosis from a doctor, she had liver cancer, and told her, you better go home and say goodbye to your, to your children because if you survive more than two weeks, you've been blessed. Now, this was a question Dr. Selton, now she was complete. What did she do? She found all the healing scriptures in the Bible. And she started quoting them. She started quoting them. Start quoting them. And now, suddenly, the word of God, by keep quoting it, not once or twice, but kept quoting it, it became stronger. What the word of God said than what the body said. And this is back in 1970s, still alive. But you know what she does? She still do the same thing every single day. Pastor Younger too shares about a woman who had brain cancer. And, uh, and, and she, this woman, she fell led to reading, praying the Lord's Prayer a thousand times. Okay? And when she prayed it 999 times, nothing had happened. When she prayed it with 1,000 times, the brain cancer disappeared. What happened? You know, like, just like with anything else in life, we, we know the phrase, practice makes perfect. Just because we hear it once doesn't mean we have it. Okay, I just told you, just because you watch a karate movie doesn't mean you can do karate. Just because you watch karate, kid. You, you, you know, have you noticed that? You didn't know it. <laughs> I better warn you, don't go out and provoke anyone in, in the street after. Okay, but it, it, it's, you know, the, the Bible says we call to be disciples. Jesus talks about that the kingdom of God is like a seed. What, it, what does it talk about? It talks about a process of growth. A process of... And that there are scriptures that I quote to myself every single day. Every single day, more than once. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in me is greater than no weapon formed against me shall prosper. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So shall my God supply all my needs according to his riches. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you can't sleep at night, start quoting that scripture, that Psalm 23. And say it out loud because you get bored by your own voice. And then you fall asleep. So if you have a problem with insomnia, just, quote, just preach to yourself. Amen. No, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. Amen. No, but, 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 but we don't do that. Because we want to, because we have so much religion in, in how we are supposed to do it. We are supposed to call out what God has already established in heaven. Do you know what is fascinating? That John... The, uh, the Apostle John at the Isle of Patmos, he sees the whole future in, his, in that vision. I actually heard an interesting sermon, uh, maybe one day I will share about, but where he, where actually he believed that John actually saw himself, he's one of the seven. Okay, but anyway, that's a completely different sermon. But in that, you know, he, he, God, he, God showed him. There is nothing that God can't do for you. You know, the first miracle Jesus did, what was that? 
turning water into wine. What does water into wine? You know, you know, making wine is a long process. Okay, I don't know the the long the process of making wine is not just something you do in an instant. But I don't know. It's not like making ribena. You know, <laughs> pouring wine and then water. Then now I got wine. <laughs> okay. Now, making wine is a long process of, uh, what, I don't know, I always find it disgusting, the way they cross the, uh, but when you think, of, because they, they're using their feet, but when think about it, we would have thought it would be better if they do their hands. But think about where have these hands been? It's like when, uh, now no one, uh, oh, this is a strong wine, yeah, I know why. <laughs> But by Jesus turning water into wine in an instant is showing he's not dependent on time. Amen? Why? Because where he operates from, there is no time. He sees the end to the beginning and the beginning to the end. That's why I always, this is my really big question. If there is no time in heaven, okay, time is something is here on earth. <coughs> so when someone here on earth passes away and leaves people behind them, when that person goes to heaven, will he meet his family there? Because there is no end and beginning in heaven. Everything has already happened, so to speak, because there's no time. No, time is a, is, is a thing we have here on earth. Now, when someone passes away here on earth, they're leaving us to go to heaven. But if there's no time in heaven, am I already there? Now, you can start thinking about that. Okay? Now, so, so when the other part that dies, we usually say, oh, now we're reunited in heaven. But maybe we already are. Because the Bible also says that Jesus, he was crucified before the foundation of the world. Why? Because there's no time. Imagine, there will be paradise for a lot of women and Filipinos and Africans and everyone who loves to come, not on time. <laughs> you can never be late in heaven. Amen. Could you imagine? Uh, first time I had a meet, conference in Toronto, I was a speaker. I was the only where, one there. <laughs> <laughs> so that Pastor Elka introduced me to Filipino time. I never heard it before. Filipino time, what's that? She said, I don't know. That's just the phrase we're using. So, uh, so half an hour, then we start trickling in. <laughs> okay. But you can never get late. No, but it's, it's a fascinating thing when you start thinking about eternity. But what it means, that sometimes we're thinking, oh, I have a big problem and it will be a long process. Not necessarily. Do you know what the process is? It is for me to change. What change what? To see it. You know, prayer is not for you to convince God. It is to change you. Do you know that when, if there's not a change when you pray, You've just been complaining. That's 
Because it says, what, what does the Bible say? No, if you have a burden, you give it to him. And he will give you his peace. So they said, chains. But if you have no peace, we have just been complaining. How do I know? I've done that a lot of times. There's a lot of times I, what I thought I was praying, I was not praying, I was complaining. And, and I think what God was doing was just a, la, 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 la. <laughs> no, no, I don't. But, com, you know, complain, no, fade. Let's bear, go to the word of God. What does God say about his word? Martin Luther, the man who started the Reformation, he said it like this. Now, I don't think you should copy that, uh, the, the heart. You should copy the heart, but not the, the application. But he said, you know, I irritates God so much with his promises until he gives it to me. So he kept saying it. Okay, now, you don't need to irritate God with his uh, writing of promises because God is more than willing to give it to you. Okay? But what, is, what, what you should copy is that you should copy that, that you will not let what you see in the word of God, no one shall take it away from me. Amen? No one shall take it away from me. I don't care if everyone dies around me, I will be healed. Yeah, but I know 10 people who have that condition, so what? The Bible say that I have been healed. I don't know why they didn't do that. That's not my problem. My issue is I have got it and that's it. Do you understand? Do you know that when, when you go to school, the purpose of the school, you might not think it, but the purpose of the school is for you to graduate. But many, when you go over a higher level of education, you will find that some people don't graduate. But that's not your problem. You don't, you don't apply to anything funny for a course, seeing, or everyone drops out, so I will fail too. No, you don't. No, healing is yours if you will take it. Keep quoting it. Keep quoting it. Keep. Have you ever, you know, remember when you learn to drive, you don't, you don't become an expert in driving first time you sit behind the wheel. Okay? You know, any, when, when, you, when you first learn to write, we don't, have you, see, have you seen your own handwriting? Hopefully, I hope it had improved since you started. No, it's not. <laughs> but there are some people, I can't read the handwriting. Okay, but anyway, that's why it's good we got computers now. Okay, anyway, but the same thing. So keep quoting it to yourself. By His stripes I have been healed. If that's healing you need, if it's prosperity, quote for Philippians four nineteen, Psalm twenty three. If you peace, Psalm twenty three. I'm telling you, make it a good habit every single evening. Read Psalm, uh, read out loud to yourself Psalm twenty three. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Amen, and so on. He leads me to green pastures, and so on. I am at peace. Okay? I don't need to worry, because he said I should cast all my worries upon him. I don't need to be concerned about anything. Anything I have no wants, because I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all the other things shall be added. Added. Not strive for, added. If you are afraid of dying young, I don't worry, it's too late. <laughs> well, he didn't get that joke. <laughs> okay, but, yeah, but don't worry about it. We, we, you know, we, we spend so much time worrying, okay? 
Now, 1 Peter 2.9, this is, this is really my sermon. Okay? <laughs> because it was something that, you know, I, this was a new revelation I got. And they say, 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Yeah, I've seen that many times. <laughs> no, but that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What I want you, it was, what, you know, we are royal, uh, focus on the word royal. Okay? Do you know you are royal? If Jesus is the king of kings, and you have the same father as he has, you must also be something. Maybe not the king of kings, but you must be something somewhere down the line. Prince, little prince, or, or whatever. You must be something, okay? But that means I'm a royalty. Now, did you know that the royal family cannot be prosecuted? They are above the law. That's why, like... Uh, what is his name? The old man. Yeah, when he crashed his car, he can't be prosecuted. Okay, I remember when I was younger, the, the two princes, uh, they had been on holiday in France. The one is the crown prince, the other one is the, 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 the queen in Denmark, her two prince sons. They, they have overspeeded in France and they crashed their car. But the problem was, first they had diplomatic immunity, so the French government can't prosecute them. The, the Danish government can't prosecute them because they are royalty. Okay? So, so, but what the Queen did, the only one who can prosecute them or punish them is the Queen. So she took them into the evening news, 8 o'clock, main time, and told off her two sons. And the Danish people loved her for them. Okay? But, but the point is here, if you are royalty, you are not under law. Yes. You are not under law. So why are you trying to fulfill the law by doing your righteous deeds? You cannot be prosecuted at the law. Because you are under the blood. Oh, if you do this, God is going to smack you. No, you cannot be prosecuted. The law. What, what does God do? When you say to, to, to him who is above you, say, I'm sorry, God, he forgives you. Amen. Okay? He, you, are, you, you are a royalty. You're not, oh, I just want to serve you, Jesus. It sounds so good and it's so stupid. We just want to serve you, Jesus. Jesus is not looking for servants. He's not looking for servants. Actually, when you think of what can I actually do for him? I can cook him a meal. <laughs> no, he don't need you. Why? He got angels in heaven. I just want to serve you. Jesus, you and I, we are going to win the world. Okay. No, he, he, we are not. He, he, if he needed servants, he didn't need to come and die. Jesus, he wanted you as a family. 
Amen. He wanted he, you know, a family. He wanted fellowship. One day, I'll, uh, if I'll, I'll share about restore, restoring the song in heaven. You know, there's no worse songs in heaven. You, you will see, when you see the angels, the different kinds of angels, they speak holy, holy, holy. They don't sing it. Why? Because Lucifer, the devil, Satan, or whatever we call him, they believe he was the worship leader. Yeah. I, I, no, no. Actually, a preacher, he had a sermon and said, when God kill, uh, kicked Lucifer out of heaven, he landed in my choir. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole problems with the choir. <laughs> okay, but but that's why singing is really different. Is that when God wants to hear a song, He looks to heaven. Now it looks to earth. That's why David was a man after his own heart. Why? Because no one could sing to God as David could. No, you, you, you know, if you have you noticed how powerful songs are? I can put, you, can, you can't remember what I preached last week, but you can remember a specific song when you hear 80 songs in the radio. You can remember exactly where you were, what dress you wore, exactly. How do I know? Because I can. You know, my car is a time machine because of one well, moment the radio goes on, it's 80s. Now I'm a teenager again. <laughs> Have you noticed? I was a bit frustrated. I saw this Top Gun 2 is coming out. Have you seen that? Are we going to use some of the original actors? When I saw them, oh! <laughs> Have you seen that? Have you seen this woman? Have you seen how she looks now? Whoa! <laughs> okay. But we are royal priesthood. Now, we are royal. That talks about our bloodline. You have the blood of Jesus running in your vein. You get everything by inheritance, not by effort. Okay? You are, you are royalty. And now, a priesthood. What is a priesthood? It is those who belongs in the presence of God. Amen? You belong in the presence of God. Now, a lot of what you've been taught is the presence of God. It's not the presence of God. We, 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 got, we become so stupid about so many things. Now, I, I had once someone say, Oh, pastor, when you're preaching, I saw 12 angels behind you. Uh, it was just your imagination. If you've seen 12 angels behind me, you've been crawling underneath a chair. I'm telling you, seriously. Have you in the read the Bible? What happens when the angel shows up? Whoa! What is the first thing they say? Fear not! <laughs> okay, what? Well, can you imagine? No, like, come on, come on, be honest. Can you imagine? You saw a 12 foot tall angel behind me right now, man. Your head, you'll. <gasps> I mean, when he, he walks back through a wall. Oh! <laughs> no, they, they, there's so much imagination we call spirituality, and it destroys the real thing. It's diluted the real thing. The real thing will happen. But if you, if you only strive for the secondary, the fake thing, you will never get the taste of the real thing. Okay? 
don't buy, don't get the fake thing. I remember when I bought this uh, Lacoste polo shirt in Mauritius. After two washes, the sleeves was one color, and the main, and when, when I still wore it, someone came, oh wow, I've never seen that design before. <laughs> the only thing that was like, solid was the crocodile. <laughs> Everything was terrible, okay. But, but even, it's even worse, why would people want to buy it? When you go to Greece, uh, you can go, I, I, I went to a shop there, this guy said, oh, these are good fake watches. <laughs> what, what, what are good fake watches? Oh, he said, there's fake, and then there's fake. And then there was this, this shop at the hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, oh, you bought this in town. No, no, mine are better fake than these fakes. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't buy anything in Greece because you don't know what is, is all fake. All fake. Okay? But we are a wild preach. We are a chosen generation. You are chosen, meaning you are special. So don't try to become like everyone else. Amen? Don't try to be like someone else. You need to be you. That doesn't mean you don't need to change. That doesn't mean that you don't need to grow. That doesn't mean that you don't need to be developed. That doesn't mean that you don't need to be disciplined or correct. No, but you need, you need to be unique. Yeah, I, I was in the church I, I was in originally. It was funny when you went to inter-church prayer meetings. When people start praying, you could you, you could always hear which church they came from. So the church, I don't know why they had that habit. So 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 they start, when they prayed, especially the women, so it was always they say, "Oh Jesus, oh Jesus." <laughs> I don't know why it came, but it became like something everyone did. Oh Jesus. Okay, <laughs> but and if you if you met someone from from the word of faith church, they prayed like even in the I bind you there. So say oh faith church. I we live on Jesus. I'm nothing. I'm absolutely. I'm just a worm. I'm so grateful. I'm I'm actually sorry. I'm alive, Jesus. <laughs> you know, I, I know I just take up space, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you understand? But uh, don't don't be like that. You be unique. Okay. Don't try to be like someone else. No matter how much you admire them, don't be like them. Be you. Okay. When the Apostle Paul he says, "Follow me as I follow Christ." Okay. That does not mean that because you admire or respect Benny Hinn, now you need a white suit too. Okay? And speak English with a Greek, Hebrew, mixed accent. Okay? That's not what it means. When the Apostle Paul, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. He's not saying, copy me, Timothy. He's saying, see my heart. When God speaks, I act. Timothy, when God speaks to you, act. That's what it means, follow me as I follow Christ. It does not mean, see Timothy, I got this pair of trousers. You need exactly the same pair. Same shoes. Everything. Now, now we are Mormons. <laughs> White shirt. Black. 
No, you know, but many, you know, you go to, you know, when I remember this uh, Swedish church, it was so funny. This preacher, everyone admired him, and he was a great preacher. He was a great preacher, okay? And uh, I could always see when he got new glasses. I don't need to see him, but I could see when he got new glasses. Why? Because when the pastor changed glasses, the whole church changed glasses. When the pastor, he went to Israel, he came back with a full beard. Now, the whole church has full beard. Okay? Because they, they, they copy what was outside. But that's not what Paul means. You don't even have to have the same routine of doing things. Do you understand? It's all about that follow the heart. You know, it's only you that God can anoint. God cannot anoint you trying to be someone else. Do you understand? God cannot anoint us if we're trying to be someone else. He will not. And you, know, and you have to say there's only one anointing. But it, if you read through the Bible, can you imagine when we come to heaven? And then the presence of God. You see Noah wanting to build an ark. And you see Elijah burning it down. And when Elijah don't burn it down, Moses splits the water. So there's nowhere to sail his ark. And you can see, the anointing is different on every single person. You can see the anointing upon Elijah. And when Elijah say, I want double of what you have. So... You would expect that Elijah would have killed more, double, uh, twice as many people as Elijah, but Elijah actually healed more people, did more miracles. What I'm saying is, it's the same anointing, but it comes out in different ways. It's like if I gave you next Sunday, eat a, a recipe, the same recipe, and told you the homework is you cooking that meal for next Sunday, and we all line them up next to each other, it will be as many different meals as there are people who are cooking it. Okay? But same recipe. I remember, maybe I should do that once again, I remember many years ago, I, I read up a recipe for something, for a Danish recipe. And then I asked you guys to guess what meal it was. And do you know what the funny part was? I remember, we all guessed according to where we came from. Okay, but anyway, so you are chosen, you are we are chosen generation. You are your generation, my generation, we are special. Okay, we are special. A peculiar people, okay, now it does not say weird. Do you understand? Why are we peculiar? Because we are not living by the world that we are living in. We are not living by the standards of this world. We are in this world, but not often. We are in it, but not often. Amen? I'm in it, but not off the world. I don't need to take their values upon me. So, so, that you should, and so, so now, this is the purpose that you shall... Show forth the praises of Him, that you shall show the goodness of God. Do you know what? It should be like when people look at your life, they should give praise to God. Oh, 
Oh, if he can do it for you, he can definitely do it for me. No, you know, when people look at you, they should see the abundance of grace upon your life. Amen? The abundance of grace. That's why God will take something that, that is nothing in the world and makes it something big. That's why he will take a, a, a Lester Samuel as a young boy who was dying of tuberculosis and make him as a preacher. Okay? Why? Because it's God showing his glory. He can do anything with, that will give himself into his hands. Okay? You know, but John Wesley, he was supposed to have died in a, in a, when their house burned down when he was a child. Okay? That's why John Wesley's uh, the emblem of the Methodist church is a flame. There's a scripture that says he took a, a, fire out, a flame out of the fire. But a boy who should have died, he made him like a worldwide evangelist, uh, founder of the Methodist church. They actually believe that because of John and Charles Wesley, the, friend, the, the, the slaughter of the French Revolution never reached England. Okay? So, people should see the goodness of God in your life. Okay? You, the, you and I, we, not, we need to start living lives as if we are forgiven. We need to start living life to realize I'm loved. Do you know what? When you realize that, peace comes. Peace comes. Oh, I'm loved. I don't like you. I don't care. Jesus loves me. I don't like you. Jesus loves me. What is this children's song? Jesus loved me. We I know. For over. Yeah. Amen. So peace comes. Who have called you out of darkness? Who has called you? Who has called you? out of darkness, into his, what? Marvelous light. There's nothing better than walking in the light of God. Do you know, everything, the light of God is self-sustaining. Do you know what? This is another thing I saw. This, this thing is interesting. Genesis chapter 1. Okay, no, the light of God is self-sustaining. Okay? Uh, was, you, know, do, you know, have you ever thought about, uh, you know, have you ever heard this thing about the world was created in six days and so on? People are, you know, but the Bible don't teach that. Do you understand? Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, okay? Now, if you go into the Hebrew words in that, that means he created the heaven and the earth as perfect. Okay? God never... <coughs> so, but verse 2 it says, and the earth was without form and void. So, you have to understand, just because there's, uh, there's two verses that takes less than two seconds to read, there's something that has happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Do you understand? You know, like, don't go on, oh, God created the whole thing in six days. No, what about the world uh, Earth is only 6,000 years ago? No, no, no. But, uh, even, you know, but, uh, how do you explain the dinosaurs? Okay? No, the, the Earth is far, far older. It's 6,000 years ago when he replenished the Earth. 
Okay, but but it's not really my point here. But then notice here, say, uh, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Now, notice he created the light. Now, I don't know, in my head, I always thought, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the light as we know it. But in verse 16, it says, And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, that's the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night. What light was there before he created that? That was the glory of God. But, and it was the glory of God who made it all start growing. Do you know what? That glory you have in you. Okay? That's why when he called us into his marvelous life. Why? Now, you in one way, when you're with God, you are self-sustaining. You're growing. You're not dependent. Your success is not dependent on someone else. It's dependent on my attitude to someone else. Not their attitude towards me, but my attitude towards because I'm self-sustaining. You can have the worst boss in the world, they cannot stop you being promoted if you keep the right attitude. Okay? If you have the right attitude. How do I know? Joseph. Okay? You know, I, you are self-sustaining. Your success is no longer dependent on what is on the outside of you. It's dependent upon what is inside of you. Amen? You know, Daniel and his wells, what did we say? Oh, we must have been deceived. We don't want to eat any meat. We just want to eat vegetable. That's terrible. What? I must really, when I meet Daniel in heaven, what went through your head? (laughs) But the thing is, they were brighter and looked better than anyone else. Think about it. He promotes Esther who is a Jew in the midst of a big holocaust, so to speak. <laughs> and he makes her the queen. It, it, there's, there's nothing that is impossible for God. So, so don't say to yourself, oh, I'm an immigrant in this country. How, how can I become something? Else? No, God, you know, you, God takes you and he lifts you. You're not dependent on, if everyone's working against, it doesn't matter because God is on your side. He's the one who's going to promote. He's the one who's lifting up. Promotions is in the hands of God, not in the hands of the boss. As long as I have a right attitude, you are going forward and no one can stop you. Amen. Amen? Why? Because God's magnificent light is over you. And when you know that, yourself, you, know, you can never lose out. And we sometimes think, oh, I didn't get to know that person, or I didn't get to that, I'm losing out. No, because they are not, you are not dependent on them. You are, they are actually dependent on meeting you. They are losing out, not meeting you. Oh, I say, oh yeah, that part I knew. <laughs> Amen? You are world priesthood. You're not just a nobody. You are a son of the living God. Amen? So make the decision today. Okay? Make the decision today. You say, that's how I'm going to live. Okay? That's how, yeah, what if I make a fault? Make a stick? Don't worry. Just make the decision. 
Okay, so many people, they wait to make the right decision, I know if it's the right decision, and they never get to make a decision at all. Okay? Just make me... So, so take this today. And say, this is how I'm going to see myself, this is how I'm going to live, and that's it. I don't care what anyone else says, I'm going to stick to my guns and hold on to it until I got it. Okay? The process sometimes might be tough, but that will only make me stronger. Amen? I cannot be defeated. I can only be victorious. Okay? Let's pray now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that will you sow this word into our hearts and may it grow to glorify you in Jesus' name.